Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Tuesday, September 5th, 2023, and this is episode 512 of the Lots Project podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Path to Independence, a guide to self-sufficiency for beginners, and it's brought to you by the Blockstream Jade. I'll be touching on how to get started on a journey to self-sufficiency, and it's also a great way to make sure you're still on your path if you've uh, set a course for uh, self-sufficiency, or if you uh, if you listen today and you're like, wait, I never did any of that, maybe it's time to uh, think about it. Think about it. Make sure you, uh, you actually know what you're trying to achieve and how far you can get there, but anyway, before that, let's grab a cup of coffee, catch up on what's going on, have a little chat. And we will get to the topic here in uh, about 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes anyway. Uh, morning, Hosks14, uh, how we doing this morning? I don't know how you pronounce that. I have uh, I see your name all over and I just, I, I spin my head around how to uh, how to pronounce that. Uh, what would you say? H-O-S-G-S. <laughs> <laughs> and Pip in early Haas. Perfect. Perfect. I gotcha. I gotcha. I was guessing. I was guessing for sure. Uh, Pip, Pip, how's it going? Thanks for swinging in, dropping a message in earlier. Hopefully you are uh, are back online and here live and uh, maybe doing some forklifting. Um, how's everybody doing today? It's Tuesday. It's uh, day after Labor Day. I, I suppose most people are heading back to work if you uh, if you have that day job and had um more lucky enough to have labor day off short week guys short week and um it was always my ploy on a on a three-day weekend to either take the the preceding friday off which a lot of people did to make that a four-day week and then uh, a four-day week four-day weekend four-day week and uh, i also didn't mind taking the following monday off so I would take, we get the holiday, I would have a three-day weekend, a four-day week, take the following Monday off or that following Friday. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't the big on taking the Friday before because that's when everybody took. Everything was so busy, four-day Labor Day weekend last a summer. But if you could take those holidays and you had the flexibility enough that your family, you didn't have kids, you had to worry about school and all that stuff, you could really do a stroke of business. I think there was a schedule. Was it? Did you give me the schedule that uh, maximized holidays? I think it was Corey shared it with me at one point. Um, there was a, uh, a schedule put out every year, and it probably still is, that if you, it says, hey, if you have um, X amount of holidays and X amount of PTO time, this is the schedule this year, this calendar year, where all the weekends and holidays fall, that you will maximize your vacation. And it was really dependent that you didn't have kids, you didn't have to schedule around other things. But man, you could really turn, it was like, you could turn two weeks, the one year you could turn it into, uh, it was ungodly, like over a month off. It was doubling it just by how it laid out. You took two random days here, a random day here, and uh, it was fantastic. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't have that anymore. And, um, and Corey has uh, enough PTO that she really doesn't need to worry about that. Uh, so we don't uh, we don't 
dig in that much, but when I was a, uh, a, a everyday work and blue collar guy, that was definitely a two year advantage, especially when you job hop as much as I did. And um, you always start from the beginning with PTO. That was always the biggest thing I hated uh, was changing jobs and then dropping back to that beginner level benefits. <laughs> that was that was the worst part. So, you know, I, I loved learning new jobs, but then uh, then you could never get away. And so that's the whole spiral begins again. Um, Piff says he ended up working yesterday, processed a bunch of damaged goods, um, or he means Dodge parts. <laughs> and uh, Haas is getting off of work in Cali. It's 4 a.m. Yes, it is. It is uh, 4 a.m. Sometimes I contemplate that uh, being on at 4 a.m. out in Cali. And then I realize that, you know, it's going to be not time somewhere all the time. And this is when the show is. Originally, it's kind of when I was able to do it and uh, get it on the air and when I started. And so it's just kind of sunk in. And we will probably be here at 6 a.m. Central for uh, for the longevity, unless we happen to move somewhere like Cali. And I figured that uh, I figured that out real quick on our trip that uh, working in another time zone on the time zone that you were in previously was really hard. And then on top of that, we were on we were on the very Western part of central time. And then the next week or the next five days, we flopped in the very Eastern side of mountain time zone. So although the, the time changed by an hour, the sun didn't, we didn't move far enough across the globe to make the sunlight different as you would on, if you were equal distant, into the time zone every time so it got really screwy we were up late we were up early it was uh it was a mess so i didn't prefer that <laughs> definitely have to keep an eye on that uh and um but it's consistency consistency and corey works out of central time zone because she's remote and uh that's where her company business hours are set up so central works central works what's in the cup today we got um Light Ethiopian, it's fantastic again uh, all week, and I really enjoy this. Uh, I enjoy this every time Brian sends it. It's really clean, it's crisp, and um, you just it hits you, and it's bright, and your eyes just pop open, and it, it's a uh, it's a great bean. So I I appreciate that when that shows up, and um, and congratulations Brian for making another successful road trip to to go fishing. And uh, talked to him last night, and he is back back in Seattle and uh, ready to ship out some comfrey orders. So just wanted to mention that if you um, if you are looking to pick up some comfrey, uh, we do always have that listing on Etsy. It is on the website. But if you're interested in getting into comfrey for um, a production model and you want more than just that, that uh, small order that is uh, stock out there, just the one root order, two root orders, bulk or uh, base pricing, Get a hold of me. Get a hold of me. Sign up for a for a thirty minute consult. You'll get a free ebook on the basics of Comfrey, and then uh, I will. I can I can put a custom order together for you. Give you a, a better than uh, better than public price for that, and we'll get that off to you. And then if you need help further as far as hold hand hand holding along the way on your journey to uh, make it into a side hustle, I offer consulting sessions, and I can put a uh, put a package together for you. 
that makes sense for your goals and, and how much you want to do. So definitely check that out. You can find it at the website, uh, Comfrey Business, Growing Money Business in a Box. Uh, it's under services. It's uh, it's going well. It's going well, getting a lot of getting a lot of chat out of that. And uh, Comfrey sales are going well. And uh, I think in the next couple of days, I got to get out here. I get out to uh, Toolman Tim's property, Delinquent's Gully down here in Tennessee and see how that uh, set it and forget it Comfrey's going. And if we can get that established, uh, that just opens up another avenue because right now we're good on uh, on a farm model. We're good on a suburban lot model. We're good on an urban um, postage stamp production model. And now we're just working on the remote uh, secondary property, getting things established and um, and going. Gingerbread Farms, good morning. Thanks for weighing in. He says uh, his is growing. The stuff that you split and uh, and we did in those in those beds is is already coming back. That does not surprise me at all. Looking at those plants when you uh, when you split them up. So yeah, it's uh, when they're established, when they're established and you propagate them on site. It's it's amazing how fast they turn around. Uh, I. I was very excited when I when we got back from our trip and I went out to Tim's property and I saw that only a few of the plants had uh, been established. I think people would have been disappointed in their success rate. I was very, very excited. I am going to leave those alone uh, probably into fall where it gets a little cooler uh, and then propagate them right on the spot and have everything I need right there have be able to take some time and maybe prepare a hole i might do a little both a little ad testing in two different plots maybe one i'm going to really take care of a little bit more and the other is just going to be straight set it forget it um until we're ready to use it and that's the key if you want to um if you bought a property if you bought a secondary property something like that <laughs> you're uh, starting your journey like we're going to talk about today, uh, to self-sufficiency and, and you're looking for long-term, you're looking for long-term benefit. Uh, you can, if I can get this model, um, if I can get this model to work, then it will, um, be able to establish. And when you're there, when you're ready to utilize the plant, it'll be so strong. It'll be so, um, ingrained in the property that um, you just want to plan where you put it because you're not going to get rid of it and you're going to be able to walk on you're going to have a crop you're not going to have to wait for a uh, for a season to get that established to start selling start utilizing the leaves and things like that so it's definitely something to think of ahead of time but man if you want to do it uh, if you want to get into it next spring if you want to be up and rolling and uh, making sales come spring Talk to me now. Talk to me now. It's the perfect time this fall to uh, to get that in the ground. James says his hair roots he tilled in doesn't seem to be doing anything. Um, give it some time, man. Give it uh, a lot longer than the established plants. Uh, those hair roots, you probably, I don't I have no idea. I've never done it, but I'm guessing you probably get 20, 30% that survive, but it'll be a long time. Uh, normally, when you when you plant those roots, you plant them within an inch or two of the, of the top. You till them in, they're all spread out in there, and it's just going to be the, have to be the right situation. But no shit, like I have had plants, like full strong plants established just from from crap that fell off when I um, when I was shaking the roots out, not even processing, shaking the dirt out of the roots and stuff like that. 
uh, out in the field. And all of a sudden I got a concrete plant where I was doing that. And it, it takes a while. It takes a while, but I would never be surprised if uh, anything popped up out of any, any of it. So, and if it doesn't perfect, you got another bed to do what you want with. So I'm glad you did that experiment experiment and I'm excited to see how that turns out. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a little conference spiel for this morning. I just, I, I love the thing. I love the stuff and I see what it's done for me. I see what it's done for others as far as a, a little revenue stream, a little side stream. Um, and it's just, it's, it's the way to go. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, Mike, Michael McGinnis, I had on last night, author. Um, he's also known as the jungle writer. He is down in Costa Rica. He's been down there for 30 years. Um, sounds like one day he, uh, he just picked up, he picked up, he had, uh, he had some inspiration. He had some, some life events that went on and he picked up and moved to Costa Rica and he's been there ever since we chatted about, um, the message he's trying to spread across the world. He is, um, he is, uh, he is one of, uh, one of the people that I think is really in line with, uh, with our message here at the lots project and living outside the system and, um, realizing that it's broken. Uh, we may be exploring different ways that we think that it's all coming about or how it will end, but, uh, definitely an interesting chat. I really, I really enjoyed, um, pondering some things with Michael and I definitely hope to have him on again. But, uh, if you want to check out that interview, it was posted last night. You can check it on the full feed or the, the interview only feed, lots to talk about, or you can check out Michael's books on Amazon. They're called the essential, essential revolution. Uh, that's book one, The Essential Revolution, and uh, book two, The Invitation, is uh, out. And uh, Michael said he's going to start writing that third book come December. So excited, excited to uh, to possibly dive into those books. He said book one is on Audible and book two is coming to Audible. So if you're a listening guy, which I probably will be if I dive in, he said they are pretty thick books. So yeah, check them out. Check them out. Definitely check out the interview too, and uh, and see the vibe you get off of Michael. I uh, I really I think he is uh, in a right in a good spot and uh, has definitely put the work into himself to be able to explore the world. So anyway, anyway, we're coming up on fifteen minutes, so uh, let's roll in. I'm going to tell you about Blockstream Jade here in a second, and then we'll get into uh, um, figuring out your path to self sufficiency. Give me one second, guys. I'll be right back. Sorry about that. All right. Um, one way to become a little more self-sufficient is to cut the bankers out, the credit card companies, uh, kind of get your way out of that deflationary money, get into or, uh, inflationary money and get into some deflationary uh, currency. And one way you want to really become self-sufficient is to control that wealth. Um, with a stash of Bitcoin and the Blockstream Jade, you can accomplish just that. You get started on your path to self-custody self of Bitcoin today. There is a link in the video description, the audio description. There's a 10% discount code for the Blockstream Jade. It's a really cool little hardware wallet. I've been exploring it. I got videos in production for it. And um, I, I definitely recommend it. Uh, if you need help with it, reach out. Uh, if you have questions before you before you buy it, please reach out. And if you have uh, questions once you get it and need help get, starting to use it, 
feel free to ask away. But the Blockstream Jade hardware wallet and uh, yeah, links are in the video and audio. So with that, let's uh, let's move on to self-sufficiency. And uh, so self-sufficiency, if, if you haven't been around for the last few weeks or the week and a half, I guess, with the new show direction, um, I've kind of picked seven, I believe it's seven, it might turn into eight, it might turn into six, uh, broad overviewing topics. Uh, I believe um, cryptocurrency, coffee, RV living, um, side hustles. Uh, the other one is, is uh, escaping me, but uh, self-sufficiency is one of them. Broad overview top uh, topic. I... I kind of want to dive into things on this on the self-sufficiency day, things I did on the farm, um, ideas that I, I put into action, or things that I really contemplated and turned around and, and didn't end up doing because they weren't going to work. Um, anything to be self-sufficient, anything to do with that, anything down that path. So it's a big, wide topic, and, and that's kind of the point with all of those general topics. So the variety every day is, is way different. Um, but today, I wanted to I want to talk about the beginning. Uh, this first round of topics, I'm, I'm kind of diving in and, and explaining where I'm coming from with them. Uh, cryptocurrency, we, we started with really what is Bitcoin? What is blockchain? coffee the basics of of brewing it uh this week i'm going to move on to a little bit of the science self-sufficiency where you start i think and and i went back and forth where i wanted to start is really how you decide what to do how you really set a path and and the title kind of made itself and tomorrow is going to be very similar with uh, rv living this is before you, you know, you build the first chicken coop or plant the first garden or or do anything. You really have to sit down and make that decision that that's your goal. That hey, I I understand that that it it feels good. It's it's more it's more satisfying um, if you're in the prepper space. It's it's a it's a wise thing to do to be able to provide at least some things for yourself. Uh, in 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 scenarios like um, what we went through through 2020, 2021, lockdowns, things like that, it's it's very convenient to have majority or even some of the things you need and not rely on others for it. And that's what self-sufficiency would be. Um, I don't think anybody is ever going to be fully 100% self-sufficient. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe the, the um, Dave Canterbury's of the world uh, could wander out into the woods and live for the rest of their life uh, with no inputs from anyone else. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I know I can't. I know that I've, I've gone through this process many times. I've, I've tweaked this uh, path many times and tried to figure out ways to make it more efficient ways to um, to cover more of the things I need. Um, but today I'm going to kind of touch on six or seven areas that you can sit down, you can evaluate where you're at, you can evaluate where you'd like to be and actually what you can get to. Go down that path, set a course and figure out the easy steps, figure out the easy um, the easy wins, the the small steps 
And really, really planning this out helps you for two reasons. A, it makes sure you're not doing things in the wrong order. It really helps to make to, to visualize and see how everything fits together. Because as you go down this road, um, as you go down this road, it um, you can get mixed up, you can get turned around, you can get backwards, uh, and with math and with constant uh, vigilance to to reevaluate that and make sure you're on the path. It um, it helps. It helps. It makes everything go smoother, in my opinion. Obviously, um, but like I said, no one, no one is like James said. It's doable, but it would suck. I don't think anybody listening to this right now is going to go be a hundred percent self sufficient. I wouldn't suggest it. There's no. There's no. Um, there's no reason for it, really. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to get stuff from the store. Like I'm not conceding that you couldn't do it comfortably in a community in with not in a community as in a commune, but with you and some people um, working together. I'm looking at this more from the solo perspective as a cog in that wheel or isn't even as a hermit um, out by yourself on the top of the mountain. But we're going to go through, I'm going to hit six or seven places that you're going to want to look, kind of take you through what I think of when I hear these subjects and, uh, and, and how, you would, um, how you would react and how you would lay out your plan. If you want to talk about it more, I'm always available. I, uh, I have appointments set up, you can, or open appointments um, laid out. You can, you can go to the website, you get an email, uh, you put an email in and you get a link back. You can book 30 minutes. If this subject, uh, I don't get quite far deep enough and you'd like more information and you don't want to wait till another episode about what happens to be the thing you want to hear about, definitely reach out and uh, we can talk. So, um, <laughs> Gingerman says he's not going to be a Florida swamp person. Basically, yeah. Um, so let's hit those topics. Number one, number one area in your life that I think uh, really deserves a look. And beyond any of these other ones, mm, yeah, let me see. Yeah, I really think beyond um, this is the the number one place to start. And I think it's the number one place that we can kind of check things off. And, and kind of bump up that scale of, of self-sufficiency. And that's the way I look at it, zero to 100%. And I target as high as I can in each category. Um, I, I kind of look at those categories and, and base them on my skill set, on my situation, on my capabilities, on my time uh, allotment and things like that. And that's where it really takes out some planning. The first one is food production. Food production is, um, I, we need food. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to go much without it. Food production um, also falls into that category of, you know, if you look around, you look at the store, uh, maybe you're not happy about the quality of the products at the Walmart or the, the um, Kroger or wherever you shop. Maybe you, um, maybe you prefer um, local raise, things like that. The ultimate would be to produce it yourself. Now, so let me back up just a little bit. 
the way I look at this is um, we had a perfect day. Hey, uh, maybe internet should be one of my uh, one of my things I should focus on. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. I uh, I'm still trying to figure this out, guys. Uh, I probably will be for years, but uh, bear with me. And I hope the show isn't horrible. Uh, the audio I've started clipping out the dead air, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, anyway, the way I go about this, and the way I have even before the whole COVID thing was picture yourself in a lockdown. I didn't really ever do it in a lockdown until they actually locked people down. Um, I did it in a disaster scenario. So let's say something happened and you're going to be sitting for a month. You're going to be sitting for a month and or two months or whatever time length you're really looking for. Um, I think the shorter, the easier it is to really see actionable short-term items. Um, what will I do in this case? And then building out to how can I sustain this indefinitely or long-term or whatever. Good morning, Greenberry Grove. How's it going? Thanks for, for jumping in. Um, so food production, here's how I look at it. So if shit went sideways and I couldn't leave my house, what, what am I going to do for food? So right now, Corey and I are a hundred percent, hundred percent in on outside sources for food. I would say hundred percent. I, uh, I guess we could, I guess we could squeeze out. We could go forage. Um, we could go, uh, procure if it was really bad enough. And I try not to think of those scenarios because that's not practical either. If that's going on, uh, I got bigger, I got bigger things to uh, figure out at that point, and it's going to be a whole different situation. But on a day to day basis, to make yourself comfortable, to make yourself um, uh, more secure in your life, look at what you produce for yourself. Nothing. You're well. I'm in an apartment. I'm in an apartment. I can't be uh, self sufficient. All right, I'm not going to be 100% self-sufficient in a, um, not going to be uh, uh, self-sufficient even on my 35 acres, I wasn't. And why do I say that? I, I wasn't growing feed for my food. Uh, you have to look at all inputs. We're not just talking, oh, I raise chickens, so I have eggs. Um, you have to realize anything you're bringing into the system makes you not 100% self-sufficient. And again, I want to stress that isn't my goal. That was never my goal was to be 100%. I, I realized a long time ago and very early into the whole process, anything I can check off is a, is a, is a step ahead, but I'm never going to get there. I never felt that I was going to be able to grow all my own animal feed, grow all my own animals. Um, have milk, which I don't drink. And I'll talk to that in a second. But um, yeah, there was no, no circumstance that I felt that I was going to get there. And I wasn't trying to, I was trying to make the best of all the things that made sense for me. And then outside of that, securing reliable sources for the other things I need, and backups for those. So in my plan, so say food production, I say, okay, I'm going to have chickens for meat and eggs. I'm going to have rabbits for meat. I'm going to have quail for meat. 
Uh, I'm going to have hydroponics for veg. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I can't produce, I'm not going to produce butter. Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to have some fat, but I'm not going to be producing larger animals. I think eventually if we were staying there long-term, we would have gotten into some pigs, but for this conversation, I'm not going to have any fat. I'm not going to have any pork. I'm not going to have any beef. Um, so at that point, could I live on the protein sources and the veg that I'm producing? I could, um, but what are my animals going to do? Could they free range and forage if I raised them that way, if that was in my model? It wasn't. Uh, my meat birds, I, I, I fed very good food. Uh, I sourced it. I also um, had backup sources, not as quality. I couldn't find two sources of the quality feed I wanted to use. But if for some reason my feed supplier was out, for some reason I couldn't get to him, I would have a backup source. And then, and then if for some reason that's gone, I did have a plan for what was going to happen. Those birds were either going to go in the freezer, they were going to forage, I was going to keep an eye on them, I was going to make sure that if they were losing weight and I was losing, um, losing production, losing protein by keeping them on foot because I didn't have anything to feed them and they were foraging and they weren't used to it, then I put them in the freezer. Um, it's all a balancing act. So getting myself with the animals takes the burden away of me trying to find it at the grocery store. Now I only have to focus on finding their feed. And if I can grow some of it, if I can feed them comfrey for 20%, comfrey leaves for 20% of their diet, or if I can grow some grains, if I can get that feed bill down, then that makes me even more self-sufficient. I don't have to go and find outside inputs. Um, as far as we, um, as far as we evaluated, you're really going to want to look at what you're going to use. We ended up realizing we had this huge garden full of tomatoes and peppers and, um, and all sorts of different vegetables and we ate greens. We would plant beds of radishes and neither of us really liked them. We found ways to eat them because we had them. But if we really had sat down in the beginning and we ended up doing this later on and deciding that it wasn't worth the time, really sit down with your food and realize what you eat and then make a plan for that. Because if I had made a plan to have a cow and I got a dairy cow and I put up all the fences and all of that and I started milking the cow or a goat or whatever to produce milk and I don't drink it. That's a really bad time to realize that you're feeding a cow for no reason. So really planning out and evaluating what you eat, how you like to eat, and how to make that yourself is the way to start. Well, I'm in an apartment. I can't have chickens. I can't have quail. I can't have this. You can grow a little green. You can grow greens. You can grow stuff on your... Um... <laughs> um, I... I... I, uh, you can produce a lot in an apartment and especially depending on the apartment, uh, setting or you're in a suburban lot, there are tons of ways to at least start this journey. Um, what this also does is it buys you some time, buys you some time when, when the need arises. Uh, gingerbread is saying that I need 150 pounds of kibble a week and don't know how I source that in my current situation. 
Um, yeah, that is that is a huge food concern with us right now. And I, I talk about it here and there on the show. We have three St. Bernards. Uh, we don't do 150 pounds of kibble a week. We do more like 30 to 40, depending um, on on the week. But that is a struggle. That is a struggle. And we do all we have different concerns with that, too, is because we can only use certain foods. Um, in an emergency, obviously, we would use whatever we had to do. Um, we've we've had to kind of fall back on that almost um, and really be um, really make some tough choices because our food is getting hard to source. Um, we tried to scale back and go to something that was more universal that you could find more places. Um, and now the one that we decided, it sounds, it looks like everyone else decided to do the same thing, trying to source that better and, um, and make that easier on ourselves. But yes, that is a struggle. Um, and moving into the camper food was our biggest concern Our really our biggest concern food and fuel. Um, let's get down this list real quick. I, I kind of sat on food production and explained the, the what I do with food production. It kind of applies to everything else on the list. Um, the way you would evaluate that, figure out where you're at, where you want to be, and what you can accomplish in between there. Um, let's do energy production next. Energy production uh, right now. <laughs> right now, I have the option to be, um, if we want. And it's not going to be super comfortable, uh, depending on the time of year. But we can be energy um, independent. Mm, yeah, we can. We can. We won't be able to do everything we want. We won't be able to do daily routines in that. We do need to run our generator, um, depending on when the sun shines and how much we're doing, how warm it is. And so that takes an input of either propane or gasoline. But beyond that, if we really have to, if all the gas stations shut down and all the propane ran out, uh, we could figure it out. We could figure it out. It wouldn't be fun. Uh, is if I can get propane, that is the biggest thing. We've uh, we've made things dual fuel for a purpose for energy production. Um, like I said, with the food backup sources, backup ideas. When you can't get one, if you can get the other and it works just as good, uh, might not be your preference, but it works those ways to build in to make up for that that shortcoming that less than 100% that you're having to bring into your life but you can start looking at things for energy production you can look at um at some solar panels little solar panels start small start small and and take up a little bit of of your your need make your needs a little less and as you grow that it becomes more and more and more. Um, put a solar panel on your garage to run the lights in your garage or your uh, your charging station for your tools. So your tools charge up during the day when the sun's on, um, your, your wireless tool, your cordless tools. Uh, start there, figure out, figure out how it works, uh, accumulate the knowledge on how to work on it, how to troubleshoot it, and then expand it. Um, as far as solar, wind, things of that nature, hydro, experiment with different energy production sources and start trying to use less of theirs. James is in a great situation where he has um, tons of solar to where he runs his car. He runs his whole house. He runs his electric vehicle. Um, and and that's 
that's a plus. I, I believe he's uh, he's pumping back into the grid, and uh, there's some situations with that. But energy independence, energy independence starts small, um, unless you want to dump money into it. I mean, you can really you can really just go off grid if you want. But as far as a planning and a stepped out model, what is your goal? Is it to be a completely 100% solar and uh, everything electric? Um, if you have a need for gasoline, if you have a need for propane, I don't know how to make propane. I I don't. Um, in a in a doomsday scenario, I could I could make fuel. I, I have the knowledge on how to make um, make things from other things and and um, and and source myself for food, but um, it just doesn't. <coughs> It doesn't make sense to do it every day when it's available. Um, there's something said for storing and, and preparing, and that's not really self-sufficiency. That's self-reliance, uh, how long you can uh, how long you can count on yourself. Uh, but eventually those stores run out. Um, James says he pumps the grid, but he's still a net negative. I mean, that's not that's not um, that's not a surprise in Michigan. Uh, and he also put brings up a good point as far as energy self-sufficiency. He uh, uses the batteries in his semi. You can use it in your car or your truck or whatever. We do the same using an inverter with the vehicle to charge other things. Um, some ways to store energy if you're making some and you want to use it later. Uh, batteries, anchors, uh, anchor power cells, um, making sure you charge you charge your uh you charge your devices when you're net positive on your energy so you're not taking more when you don't have it available solar is a funny thing it really works when the sun's up um so you have to you have to accommodate for that but but making that path of energy energy self-sufficiency and figuring out things you can do to a use less energy and b produce more of your energy and laying that out, have a guide, know where you want to get and the steps you're going to use to get there. So that's food and energy, um, shelter, shelter, figuring out how to do repairs, how to fix things at your house, um, skills, fixing, fixing a faucet or, um, or fixing furniture or replacing windows, things of that nature that can really really throw things sideways with your shelter, even building shelter if you need to in a in a disaster, becoming self-sufficient that you don't have to call somebody to fix your water heater. You don't have to call somebody to replace your water heater. Now, you're not going to build your water heater. Maybe you are if you have to, but if you could fix the old one or install the new one, you cut one link of that dependency on other people. You don't have to call that repairman. You don't have to call that installation guy. Um, things like that. Things like that. Learning the skills to to take care of your shelter, to add on to it, or um, yeah, to just maintain it. That is going to make you more self-sufficient. Um, so those skills. Set a path for that. Hey, I, I am constantly calling a guy to fix my freezer. Um, maybe put on your list, on your path, on your direction that I want to learn how to troubleshoot appliances. I want to learn how to fix them. 
I um, and start doing that. Start start making the repairs. Start cutting out that tie to waiting for someone else to have an open an appointment. Because that's another thing we found uh, coming out of COVID is that places don't have appointments. You wait forever. Uh, auto mechanics are a big a big one right now. Is weeks and weeks out um, for a couple of reasons: a parts and b uh, the mechanics, just the lack of uh, of of mechanics. So that's another skill you can use that really doesn't go under home repairs or shelter, but uh, working on your vehicle, things of that nature, anything you can do to um, to make it so you're not reliant on someone else. Um, <laughs> Dave says, yeah, and here's a perfect example. I, I do this. This is this is kind of the way I am with the trailer. Uh, with our our solar system and some of the stuff that we have here, um, he's got a water system installed in his house and had to redo his pipes, and he wouldn't be able to pay somebody to work on it uh, to do what he did. Uh, a because he mentioned someone doesn't care about your stuff the way you do. Uh, you're going to do it uh, way different. But even if you do find someone that does care about their about your stuff and is competent and is going to do it. Um, a lot of the times it's it's a it's a um what you would say let's see it's it's a mess um my system right now any normal rv tech coming into this would have to look at it and it would take them longer to figure it out than it would normally be for me to troubleshoot it and fix it because it ties into two different systems some of it's custom built i know james's is custom built on his water filtration uh it really it really makes it hard to bring somebody in to work on it um, when they're coming from zero. If you had somebody, if you had your regular tech, if you had them, they helped you install it, they have that knowledge, different story. But relying on somebody to come and fix your stuff is one way that you are not self-sufficient. And one way to make yourself a little bit more is to be able to do that stuff yourself. Um, Pip says, I've seen some new techs come through the shop. I work on my own car, thanks. Yeah, uh, Corey and I had that discussion the other day about the place we took the car for, or the truck um, here when we got back to Tennessee to to do that differential and really evaluated how we feel about them. We were very comfortable with our shop when we were back in Minnesota, and uh, we might have found a, a decent one here uh, in this one. So definitely something to consider and uh, and and maybe have a relationship in your uh, in your local area with a mechanic is always a good thing so you're just not randomly taking it to valvoline and getting the the newest kid on the line um another thing uh with self-sufficiency is uh, medical and um this one gets gets kind of touchy uh i think a lot of people have opened their eyes to the medical system uh, the current medical system, I think a lot of people feel that they can't escape it, uh, that they can't be independent from it, um, coexist uh, alongside it and figure another way. But I think uh, the biggest thing to start doing is to stop going to the doctor less. Uh, and the way you do that is to get healthy. I think uh, exercise, diet, whatever you choose that to be, whatever you feel and you do your research and it's best for you and your body. Um, I can't, I can't tell you what's right for you, but eating right, getting exercise, um, de-stressing, there's a lot of ways to take care of your body 
if you open your eyes and you look around and you realize um you realize maybe some things might not be expressed that clearly clearly to um to maybe have you go a little bit more have you get in the doctor a little bit more but figuring out how to take care of yourself so you have to participate less uh figuring out what ailments you have and how to deal with them uh in a situation where there isn't a doctor um yeah, learning what to do when they're not available or you can't get in or the quality of care isn't up to your standard or the type of care you're going to receive isn't what you want. Um, you can figure that out. Uh, you can also learn first aid, uh, first responder, natural remedies, home remedies, uh, comfrey I, I spoke about before. Uh, what a great tool for, um, for helping out things uh, around the farm, bumps and bruises, cuts and uh, sprains, things of that nature, where you can you can really do good. I'm not saying it heals. I'm not saying Comfrey does anything medically at all. But uh, man, the next time you got a uh, next time you got a mosquito bite on your arm, take some Comfrey salve and put on it and tell me what happens. So coming up with those, I mean, obviously, you're not going to go to the doctor for a mosquito bite, but exploring things like that. Maybe you can make your own salve and you don't need to buy, um, you don't need to buy bug spray. I mean, simple things like that. It all adds up. And that's the thing people really don't understand or don't think about is they want to be self-sufficient. I'm going to go live in the woods and I'm going to do everything myself. That's not, that's, that's a, it's a dream. I've, I set it up front. That's not, it's not my goal. It's not my goal. Would I love it? I don't even know. I don't even know. I know it's not possible, so I don't I don't sit and dwell on it. Um, I try to make myself as um, as beholden as little to others. Let's say that. I try to be able to figure it out and produce myself, but if I can't, I'm more than willing to figure out how to um, get it from outside outside sources. Uh, so health and wellness, take care of yourself, take care of yourself. Um, K-Bong says drawing schematics of your custom systems might help. Yeah. If the, if the tech can run, uh, if the tech can read a schematic, <laughs> that's the problem. That's the problem. I knew uh, several of my coworkers that couldn't, and they, they more than should have been able to. And I think it was a requirement for the job, but when you hand them a blueprint or a schematic and they go, what's this? You know that uh, maybe that one was skipped over. Uh, so health and wellness, take care of yourself and uh, and rely on the system less. If you're on maintenance drugs, if you're on something that you have to take or you will die, um, maybe, uh, definitely look into if there's alternative ways to get off of that. If there's alternative ways to take care of yourself, if there's ways that you can improve yourself that you're not tied to that. Getting rid of a prescription that you're taking every day or every week that um, you can safely and effectively stop taking. Talk about taking a step towards self-sufficiency. <laughs> I mean, that's huge. That's huge. If you can produce some eggs and greens and a little chicken, maybe a couple of rabbits and stop taking prescription drugs. Holy shit. You're miles ahead of most people. You're miles ahead. Um, finances, get out of, um, 
get out of uh get out of debt get out of debt and even beyond that right now i'm thinking that um fiat is not the way to go uh we're seeing what's going around we're seeing what's going on in 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 the in the economy in this country and around the world being self-sufficient means also that you don't need income will i get to that point ever man i really hope so i really hope that uh, residual income or uh or that uh that scrooge mcduck pile or whatever at some point in my life I don't need income coming in, whether I can trade value for uh, the things I need and I don't need that inter intermediary of, um, of currency or um, I have enough to make it work or whatever that is. Get your financial uh, house at least in the right direction. It's a long process and and you have to be OK with it taking a while. There's stories everywhere of people getting rid of their debt and, oh, I got rid of 150,000 debt in three months. Uh, I, I, ate, um, I ate dry macaroni and didn't run the water because I didn't want the water bill to go up. Whatever. You do you. Um, that's not sustainable for me. If I'm trying to accomplish a goal and I make it too hard for myself, then I just throw it out the window. It's like, it's like exercise plans. It's like anything, really. It has to be sustainable. It has to be something that you're willing to do forever or it's not going to um, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, yeah. So let's move on here. So your finances, finances, you're beholden to whoever is paying the bills, man. Um, but sometimes you make that decision. I talked about it last night with Michael McGinnis. Uh, that income when we were in. Minnesota and we had the protein, we had, um, we had the things to fall back on. It made my ability to say no jab, no jab, um, or I'm done. The fact that I was planning on leaving eventually very soon anyway, really helped too. But at the time that the, all the mandates came around, I, I, it, I said, this is my line. And I was able to stay there because they couldn't, threatened me with starving they they couldn't they couldn't say well we're we're gonna fire you and you're not gonna have a paycheck i knew i could eat i knew i could eat and if i can eat i can figure out the rest uh it helps it helps having that financial um or that those backups in place making yourself more self-sufficient helps you draw those lines in the stand. And that might be coming more and more important as we walk through our lives. Uh, so let's see, I've hit um, food production, home repairs, health and wellness, finances, energy production, a couple other things you can look into. You can acquire skills to make yourself less reliant. Um, cooking, baking. Uh, do you know how to cook with the stuff in your kitchen? You know how to cook with the stuff in your kitchen if you haven't gone to the store. Do you have a bunch of preps that uh, you're going to open up and go, what do I do with this shit? Or maybe you don't even want it. I don't know. Um, get comfortable at the end of your path cooking, baking, and eating the things that you've decided that you're going to provide for yourself or you're going to exchange for. Man, keto and carnivore diets are great. 
for cooking and baking because man, if you have a hot surface and some protein, you can make it work. Um, other than that, you got to figure stuff out. You got to figure stuff out. People did it. People did it. Uh, I, I kind of keep circling back down to, uh, back down to that. You can't be a hundred percent self-sufficient. And I even go back to like the pioneers and although they did a, a, a incredible amount themselves, they always went to the outpost to get sugar. You're not going to grow sugar in, in Tennessee. Well, maybe sorghum. Yeah. I don't know. Is that no sorghum isn't sweet. What's uh, uh, yeah, sugar replacement, whatever. It's a bad example. But pioneers went to the outpost to get the things they need. Learn how to cook and bake with what you have. The other one on that list that was right there was clothing. Learn to mend your clothing. Man, eventually your shit's going to wear out. And if you can't order it from Amazon, you can't go to Walmart to pick up a new T-shirt. You can't order it from SOE or uh, from my website, from, uh, you know, T-shirts from from creators or outlets like that. You got to mend your clothes. You got to fix your socks. You have to have some some portion of your body. You're going to have to protect yourself from the elements. So learn how to sew. Maybe learn how to knit. Maybe learn um, those things as hobbies can really come in handy when you need them. So uh, we're 55, guys. Uh, Mike's got a comment here I want to check out real quick. Uh, for eight years now, damaged immunity from an injury. Uh, multiple reoccurring infections with liver killing antibiotics finally have a holistic doc and some proper labs to help diagnose the true condition. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Mike. There you go. Um, it's a weird world out there. And when we stop and we start looking at our own lives and where we want to be and how we want to get there, how we want to be more self-sufficient, we might realize that we're 5% self-sufficient. We don't do anything for ourselves. <clears throat> but try to get to that 10. Make a path to get to 80% self-sufficient. Go wild. Have a little brainstorm and a fun scenario of how, how close can I get? How much of my life can I provide for myself on a day-to-day -day basis? And then say, all right, what are the steps to get there? I want chickens. All right, I want eggs and meat. Well, I have to build something to keep them in. I have to make sure I have the things that they need as far as food and water and other supplies. I have to make sure I have the time to take care of them. Um, really set the steps and lay the paths for all of these different ways to make yourself more resilient. Resilient is, is a great um, synonym for self-sufficient, I think. Um, we're, we're stages of resilient more or less resilient to anything that comes along. Being self-sufficient makes you resilient. I think it's a it's a um, I think it's a one for one correlation in, in the percentages. The more self-sufficient you are, the more higher percentage of things you do for yourself, the more resilient you can be to things that come along. So I think that path is definitely something to start exploring. I'm definitely going to dive into specific examples of these in future shows when this self-sufficiency topic rolls around every uh, every few days, every seven days, whenever it lands. Um, I'll definitely go into these production models for protein. 
um, energy independence, things of that nature to get you on that road, help you fill out that roadmap and, uh, and accomplish it. So light overview, high level uh, run through of, of some things that we're going to go forward with. Um, <laughs> James says, I don't want to let a sadistic narcissist practice on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't have the answers. They're just trying to figure them out, right? Right. Uh, anyway, anyway, like I said, this was brought to you by the Blockstream Jade. If you're into crypto, you're into Bitcoin, or you want to learn how to secure your own, check out that Blockstream Jade. I'm more than happy, happy like I said, to uh, help you out with that. Uh, but this has been an introduction to self-sufficiency. I hope it's spurred you to take a look at your life, make a plan, and start that journey uh, you can join me tomorrow. We're going to hit that topic of RV living and kind of do the same thing um, as far as how to get started, how to evaluate uh, what path you're going to go down with that, how to make some some key decisions at the beginning uh, so you don't end up in a shitty situation where you don't like what you're doing. Um, and this could go for RV living or just part-time vacationing, traveling in an RV, how to figure out what is right for you. That is what I'm going to look at tomorrow. You can always join us live uh, for the live recording Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Without a doubt, I'll be here with you guys 6 a.m. to right around 7. Uh, and um, I'd be happy to have you join and, uh, and throw, some so throw some comments into the conversation. But anyway, if you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find it. Uh, post about it with uh, all the episode posts on and my social media links, services I offer and recommended products, companies I'm affiliated with, and all sorts of resources at thelostproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys, and uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow for getting started in RV living. <laughs> <laughs>